what do you think is like one food if it was cut into like a bite-sized piece you could not swallow it whole i'm not talking like whole mouthful i'm talking like probably like milk dud size <laughs> probably some sort of sour gummy a sour gummy yeah because like of the sour like the crystals at least it would be like, like scrape down your slimy though but it wouldn't be no the sliminess is underneath i think like legit like a piece of steak would be pretty challenging <laughs> or a potato like what yeah. if you had a a this like a very small baby potato could you swallow it whole depends on how much would it be cooked um what are we recording yeah okay it can be cooked or uncooked doesn't matter i feel like it i don't i don't know i feel like that would be the hardest a potato I mean, steak would be pretty hard because I already have trouble swallowing steak. Yeah, I think steak, there's something intuitive <laughs> about a piece of steak that your body's like, no, nope. Uh, there, I could count probably more than 10 times I've had to spit out a chewed piece of steak because I'm like, it won't go down. <laughs> yeah, but you're weird about me. But anyways. also like steak, you can only chew it so much like because you can't really chew fat. Well, I've noticed that people here, they they like do appalling things to their steak. Like here, you'll get here in Canada, like people or like legit will order a filet mignon, like medium well. Like, why don't you just go find a I'm old telling you that you happens in the U.S. as well. But not when you eat like decent steak. Are you saying you can't get good steak here in oh, the prairies? No, I, I, you can. I mean, like Alberta is beef country. I just and it, it just does not make sense to me. I'm I'm guessing you're using a, like one example that you have of somebody ordering a medium well steak and you're stereotyping all Canadians. Okay, if you ordered a filet, how would you order it? Medium. That's, see, that's insulting. That's not medium. <laughs> that is insulting. You can't order a filet. Okay, because you can't chew it if it's like red. You can. You need it actually just enough. Easier. It okay. It becomes tougher to chew and you know what i don't order steak so don't worry like for me like like just get the horns off wipe its ass put it on a plate <laughs> show it to a flame that's it that's all Kay. i need yeah anyways point made all right episode 56 56 yeah hope you enjoyed that little we idea. had a guest planned and she bailed out not bailed. Who's had something else? So now we're doing a bonus episode. I don't know what would be more important than being a guest on our podcast, but I guess there is something that does exist. Yeah, like responsibility. No. All right. Well, she'll be on on, on the weekend, so you can look forward to that. It'll be a video too, so get your YouTube's ready. It's like the one platform we don't really use, but we're getting there. So we're going to talk about a few of our favorite things, like Oprah, but more relatable. Yeah. Like and also we're not giving away one of everything to the everybody in the audience. We're not? No, we don't have that sort of... I mean, we maybe could reach out to each and every company that we're going to promote for free and see if they will give all of our listeners one, mm -hmm. but I doubt that they will. 
Yeah. We'll try though. Maybe next time with a little more notice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. It would be tough because like the number of listeners we have is probably at least a thousand more than Oprah's audience on one of those giveaway days. Oh, easily. And I mean, yet, how many listeners do we have? One, two million? I mean... Per episode? Yeah. Like, I know Savan's all high and mighty because he has, like, 500,000 downloads. But, like, pff, we had that last year. Did we? Yeah, sure. <laughs> totally. If you're listening and you want to sponsor us based on that, do not do any research. We're being totally truthful and feel free to reach out. I think we do have quite a few listeners, though. We do. Yeah, our total downloads are up. Too many to be giving away one of everything for free. (laughs) Yeah, to our audience. But um, my favorite, one of my favorite things, speaking of favorite things that I've read on the internet so far this week, which like I read a lot of things on the internet. I'm constantly absorbing information sometimes it's on social media but i read this thing and (laughs) it was published on puberty which is a i don't know i've never actually said that out loud it's like a page i follow but i've never been like hey you should follow puberty it's just (laughs) one of those words that i look at and i immediately recognize the page but i've never had to say it out loud so that was weird it's kind of like the first time i heard someone say hermione from harry potter whenever when i read harry potter before the movies came out it doesn't sound right but it sounds better than what you expect yeah no who likes the word puberty well is that is it related maybe is it a play on that word um i don't know it doesn't i don't see any reference but hermione like that was a word i just like looked at and it had a meaning but i never bothered to Mm. pronounce it which actually i do with a lot of names in books yeah 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 and then you you hear it and you're like huh not what i was expecting um anyways they posted this thing and it's really funny it's a tweet from some person and it's a story and it says when my wife who's shy af first met my extended family we had a big dinner with about 14 people at the end of the meal i said quote To say thanks, she'd love to sing for you all, end quote. Everyone went silent and stared at her, and she hasn't forgiven me nine years later. And I thought that was really really funny. Um, Not only because it sounds like something that I would potentially do to you, but in, you know, with my family. But um, I find it somewhat relatable as an introvert who would, you know, be on the shy side of that partnership. I just thought it was funny. Do you think it was funny? You laughed yeah, a lot. Yeah, I did. I could imagine you doing that to me. I kind of did something similar to you when I when we went and met my parents for the first time. Well, I had, wasn't meeting them for the first time, but you were. And I was like, oh, by the way, Meredith has been married to a man. She was married for five years. Yeah, that was pretty rude. And actually. they just like looked at you and you were like, <laughs> yeah, that's like. I mean, you know. I don't know. I just thought that that was an interesting fact. Maybe a conversation starter, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it felt a little like getting outed to me, but. I mean, I, I think outed is what? I don't know. Like part of my identity that I was still grappling with. Oh, sorry. 
That's okay. You never apologized for it, but you can take the time. I have so apologized for it. (laughs) And I don't just go telling everybody about it. Hey, guess what? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you used to do that. Mm -hmm. But it reminded me of this, uh, this, the story on the internet reminded me of this time. Like, you ever have, have childhood memories that, like, something you watch on TV or hear someone say, say, it just, like, triggers the memory and it all comes rushing back? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well... This one time, so my parents were separated and um, we were probably in middle school. I'm going to guess we were like 12 or 13, maybe like freshman high school. And um, he tried to, like if he was dating someone, he tried to, uh, you know, kind of like not do it without us knowing, but I think he was protective of the people who he like brought into our lives. And so he had been dating this one woman for a while. Her name was Trudy. And it was finally time for us to like meet her because she was a significant person and, you know, potentially going to be around. Spoiler alert, she did not stick around. Um, so we are going to go pick up Trudy and go have dinner somewhere. So we're in the car and um, Megan and I are sitting in the back seat. So Trudy can sit in the front seat when we pick her up and we pull up to her um, like townhouse condominium and my dad parks the car and turns the engine off and he you know he says you know we've been Trudy and I've been dating for a while now and I'm excited for you to meet her but you know there's something about her that I want you to know before you meet her and so Megan and I are like kind of sitting there nervously like well what is this about and he looks at us like dead like dead ass serious just deadpan and he's like Trudy is black and we're like oh okay like no problem but I guess that is something that you might want to disclose like you know it's it's it it's just a thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're like, yeah, no, whatever. We don't care. And so he gets out of the car and he walks up. Um, you know, we're kind of parked around the corner, so we can't we can't see her front door. Comes back to the car. They get back in the car. Trudy sits in the passenger seat. Trudy's white. And nothing was said. And I just, I remember looking over at Megan being like, what? what (laughs) and like that was the that was the joke (laughs) it was just like this thing that happened um it was really funny and like my my dad's got an odd sense of humor my family's really kind of peculiar in a lot of ways but um i that was extra peculiar for me as a kid so did you ever bring it up again or were you just like no in fact like I think next time I go home or talk to him, maybe I'll bring it up and be like, you remember this time when you like played this super weird joke on us? And, um, they, yeah, it was just like super weird. And it's not like, like my family's super, if you know, if you know them, they're like super progressive. Um, race has never been a big issue or sexuality or anything like that, but it's just kind of like, what a weird joke. That is odd. Dad. <laughs> my mom is, she always speaking of, shy people and extroverts she's like 10 out of 10 extroverted and she always says the same joke and it doesn't matter where it is if it's at a dinner table or she'll yell it from like across the gym and she'll it's always if somebody is shy and doesn't talk or is quiet she's always like god jill can you stop i can't get a word in edgewise or like, I don't know, I can't just 
commenting on how the person won't stop talking and it's just I'm sure she's done it at least 50 times and she's probably listening to this like what no do not and the the shy person's always like mortified (laughs) (laughs) so of course everyone looks at and I say Jill because this has happened to our coach Jill in the gym with my mom so it's like across the gym though. yeah everybody like whips around and they look at Jill and it's just like (laughs) what a weird joke and Jill's like somebody help me (laughs) i'm gonna have to kill her but anyways what are we so we're gonna do a favorite things episode yeah somebody so we decided to do that somebody actually asked for this episode like a way back and then the reason why we decided to finally do it is well we don't have one prepared because our guest fell through but also because we seem to get a lot of questions on like recommendations on certain things more specifically lately running gear Mm -hmm. but we figured we'd do some other stuff too yeah and if you don't care then we'll catch you on episode 57 yeah okay so we thought we would start with cars oh we're starting with cars yeah just might as well all right what's your favorite car alex um my 2005 ford ranger it's a 2006 it's 2006 yeah I don't know. I don't really, I've never really had a favorite car. Do you have like a dream car? Like a car that you would like to have in the future? Well, as you know, we're considering buying a luxury truck. Wait, do people know this? No, you know it. Oh, as I know. Yeah. Okay. You're talking to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So kind of a nicer, nicer version of the Ranger. Bigger, nicer. So we're debating. We haven't, we haven't test drove any. But we're thinking of a. You can do it. Toyota. Not like we're thinking we were originally thinking Toyota Tacoma. As like kind of the next level up from the Ford Ranger without buying a new Ford Ranger. Because apparently those aren't great. But now we're thinking of doing a bigger version of the. You can do it. Toyota, which is a toy Toyota. (laughs) Or sorry, the Tacoma. So the next version is a Toyota. <laughs> I really want to say <laughs> Nissan, but I know that's a different brand. That is a different manufacturer, yeah. So I'm not going to say that. Tundra. There you go. Toyota Tundra. Yes, you did it. So we're thinking about one of those. But then we're also thinking of a... <laughs> I'm trying to think. A Chevr- Chevrolet... <laughs> Oh my God. You have to be joking. Silver, I don't think I've ever said that full word. And I tried a Chevy silver Silverado. Is that, is Chevrolet one of those words? Chevrolet. Look at it. Maybe. Just, yeah. Your brain makes Cause I always think Chevy. Um, but then like a Ford F-150 is in the mix. No, it's not. It's in the mix. It is not. Fords are great is, vehicles. They are absolutely not. How could you say that? Look, like I have seen more recalls come through on your Ford Ranger in the mail than I have ever seen on any vehicle ever. And it's not just that Ford is like, oh, we're really, like, really on it and we care a lot about your safety. Like, no, that shit breaks. Okay, whatever. You know I've what never had a for? recall on brakes. You know what Ford stands no. for? No. Fixed or repaired daily. <laughs> okay, anyway, I did hear on a podcast once that Friends don't let other friends drive Fords. That's correct. And I was offended. I when will I say, heard like, this, I was driving my Ford Ranger and I, I think was like... the Ranger is a different... That's in a different category of a Ford. But I'm sorry. 
if that offends you. It's just a fact. Okay. Well, anyways, the other options are unknown to me. Yeah. Well, there's only kind of two. Three. Three. GMC. GMC. Yes. General Motors Company. And that truck is called a... You can do it. You have no idea. You're not going to get this one. Are you? No. You know what we're not considering is a Dodge Ram. No. Because, like, frankly, I don't have time to take the how to drive like an asshole driving course that has to be mandatory when you get one of those. Yeah. I just don't. My schedule's too busy. And then we would need to buy a pair of those, like, that big ball sack that hangs on the back of the truck. Yeah, and spin Or does that come with the Dodge Ram? It actually might come with it. Yeah, they might. And then you have to obviously spend the extra money to get the super dark window tent. Yeah. And then like, you, because then you've spent all your money on window tent and fake testicles, you just get a, a can of matte black spray paint to do the wheels yourself. Yeah. yeah that's Dodge. <laughs> that's a Dodge Ram. Okay. So you're a truck lady. Yeah. Super nice. Um, But the kicker is we, I... And Meredith now too. We don't lease or finance vehicles. We buy outright. Used, usually a couple years old. Well, yeah. I mean, in defense of we and what our historical practices have been, we've only together bought one vehicle. Yes. Which is the Audi. But I have never leased or financed a vehicle. Yeah, but you also had your vehicle given to you. No. No? I paid one peppercorn for it. Okay, God almighty. Like <laughs> You have to like If you're a lawyer, you know that that reference. Yes, we have many lawyer listeners. <laughs> I'm sure we do. Peppercorn. Um Yeah. So you haven't had to buy. There's a bit of a, a there's a bit of privilege that comes into play with saying like, "Oh, I can buy a car." But as someone who has financed, I've never leased, but I financed two cars. The first one was right out of college i bought a honda fit and i got it on a super low like new grad interest rate and i paid it off pretty fast and then the second car that i financed was a um volkswagen golf r which i had put down a relatively large down payment for anyways and then financed the rest of it but then um my attitude towards that kind of shifted because at the time a co-worker and her husband bought this was back when i was working at biogen bought a like brand new F two fifty, which is like the um, super yeah. duty Ford. Those like and they're expensive, and so I just asked where she got it, and if it was new and like you know what how to like what kind of financing they got. She's like, oh we no we paid cash, and I was like what, and she kind of went into this thing. She's like you know it's just kind of a it's kind of a value that I have, and she at the time was driving like a really old beat up Saab. And it was always kind of a thing. Like she drove this really shitty car and she's like, so instead of financing, we just put away what the, the car payment is every month. And we put it into a, you know, low and like low yield investment account or savings account, whatever money market at the time, which you could get pretty good returns on. She's like, and then once we had <clears throat> what we needed to buy it, we bought it with cash. And like we had a vehicle to trade in because we were paying cash, you get a better, like they usually give it to you for a better deal, which is also, that's what we experienced when we bought the Audi. And it kind of was just this like, huh, like it's not a way. And I think a lot of people do when they conceptualize vehicles, they don't think about 
I'm going to spend $40,000 on this car. So I better start saving. They think about it as like this $40,000 car will cost me $400 a month or whatever a $40,000 car costs per month. So I think it's just, it was for me a different way of conceptualizing, um, how to purchase a car. And then I had kind of decided in that moment, okay, the next time I do buy a car, I'll do it that way, which I did. Um, not including, I had a Jeep at one point. I bought a Wrangler, but like a 97 Wrangler just as like a play car. And that, that I paid cash with, but I also bought it off Craigslist. So I think that's kind of the general practice there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. For me, it's just something my, my dad always did. And then it was just kind of like the assumption that when we bought the Audi, it was like, okay, how much are we spending on this? And then for the truck coming up, it's kind of like, yeah, save up the money and buy it when you can buy it outright. I don't like having, I mean, like any, I'd rather pay upfront than have monthly expenses. That's just what I prefer. Yeah. Um, and it but does then take like, yeah, but the thing is, is like, I'm not, I like, I want a new, I wanted a new truck two years ago. Like driving the Ranger three hours to Fernie isn't the most pleasant experience because <laughs> it doesn't have any shocks suspension. Yeah. It's got very old suspension. And so of course I want, but it's like, Hey, we're, well, we're saving up for the new one. Yeah. And then that way we can buy outright. But that's just, I know everyone thinks differently about that sort of thing, but that's our take. Yeah. And I like the, the way that it forces you to conceptualize like earning something and, for cars, like a lot of people say, well, I can't, you know, I can't afford to buy a used car and then save money for a new car. And it's like, well, you probably can afford to buy a used car. You just can't afford to buy the car that you want. So I like, I kind of like that though. So instead of like when you, when you need a car, or when you need to, you know, if you have to drive to work or whatever, spend the, let's just say $6,000 on whatever, whatever car that will get you. Like, let's just say you can afford to pay uh, $6,000 for a car. And then you literally drive that thing till the wheels fall off. And then while you're driving it, you're putting money away. And so then, you know, four, four years down the road, you have your $6,000 car, you have money that you've been putting away and you have an asset that you can then trade in to get, you know, to use as a down payment on the new car, which you can afford with cash. Yeah. And I think that that, that mindset and that it's, and it, again, we talked about this in a post last week. It's just in it, like one example of, delaying gratification so it's not doing what's easy or comfortable or not doing exactly what you want in the moment you want it instead you do maybe the harder thing you buy the car that's not going to look as fancy when you drive up in front of all your friends but then four years later you can buy the car that you want with cash and still not have a, a monthly payment for it yeah yeah and i mean this will come as a surprise to most but I'm not really a big car person. <laughs> and so it's easy for me to drive the truck and not really care. Yeah. Like, I don't really care what people think. But I know other people do care yeah. what kind of car they drive. And that's fine. It's just, for me, it's easier to be like, oh, I don't really mind driving a shitbox around so I can save up for something nicer down the road. Yeah. And also, like, obviously, if you're paying cash, unless you're really rich... I mean, you're kind of limited on what you can buy. Yeah, so unless you're like constantly we'll, like... We'll be buying like... I We usually go for like a used vehicle. Well, you might not be. So think about that like this. Like 
we have the Audi that we just bought. So we sit on, we have that car. And mm-hmm. then like, let's just say we're setting money aside for the next car that we're going to have. And in you know four years, we have the same amount of money we had to buy the Audi plus the value of the Audi. So yeah. now we've leveled up the, the vehicle and you can keep doing that. Yeah. It's a perfectly reasonable way to go about it. And it means that eventually like they're You'll really be driving an Aston Martin. I love that you just said that. You're welcome. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> that that's the car that you go to. Um, yeah, so it's, uh, it's, that's just one way to conceptualize, I guess. Okay. So what's your dream car? Oh, um, well an Audi, which is why I have an Audi. Okay. But it's like not that necessarily that Audi. Yeah. Probably an R8. Cool. Yeah. Same. Totally. I definitely really like the R8s. RS8 for rally sport. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I like German cars. I just think Audi makes the best one. Even though Brenda's listening and like, no, Mercedes makes the best one, which is incorrect. Okay. Um, next up, let's get into CrossFit. Alex, I've been doing CrossFit for 11 years. I don't need to get into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was not a good joke. Okay. Uh, shoes. Reebok Nano. What, what ver- iteration? I was going to say what version, but iteration is a better word. I like the Reebok Nano 6 hmm. or the 11. Is it the 11 or like the one, whatever the most recent one is. I like that one. X1. X1. Or you know what? Actually, my favorite Reebok shoe ever was, was the Speed TRs, hmm. which came out in 2016. I really like the twos, mm-hmm. but now I really like the Reebok Nano X. They're just like beefy yeah and they're like they're great for lifting in because you i don't know they're just heavier and they've got like a bigger platform or something it could just be me and that the way they feel but they just they feel like a beefier shoe and i like the way they look Mm -hmm. um i had one pair of nana or sorry nike like fly knit yeah you had the fly knit but i don't think i ever had like a the regular metcon they're good. They're, they had, um, I bought them because they had, well, somebody was raving about them. And then they also have like a bit of a plastic thing on the heel for handstand pushups, yeah. which actually makes a really big difference when you're doing strict handstand pushups. Yeah. Especially on like a, a wooden surface. Yep. Um, but I haven't, I'm not a huge fan of the, the nanos. I always found the, the soles a little stiff. And the original ones had, a, there was a lot of friction. I remember I had like the original Metcon and I wore them for a running workout and I'm pretty sure I took them off. I won't just like, I can't stand what's going on in this shoe. Friction? Like it just made my feet so hot. Huh. Like just hot spots all over my feet. Interesting. Terrible shoe. For Absolutely running. horrible. For running at least. Yeah. But anyways, most people shouldn't be running in Nanos and Metcons. Well, I mean, but like in a running workout. I guess. Yeah, that would be fine. Yeah. Um, let's talk grips. Victory grips. Yeah. I've had, I think I had my first ever victory pair of victory grips were made in Vic's garage. They were like cut by hand and the palms were two different sizes. I think I still have them. I kept them for sentimental value, but that was back in like 2014 or so that I got those. But now I like the, the four finger stealth, original stealth, not stealth X men's medium. Yeah. i I have a pair of those too, and I've had them for a long time mm-hmm. and I hope they never die. Yeah. My ones from 2018, 2017, 2018 finally developed like a hole in the palm 
It's really sad because I hate breaking in new groups. Yeah. But I'm doing it. I've actually, I used to, you'll make fun of me for this. What is, what, what's your saying? You're like, I know that when Meredith first like got to know me, she was like, I knew you weren't good at gymnastics because you didn't wear grips. Yes. When, yeah, exactly. And I started wearing grips after Wadapalooza 2019. I don't think I ever got on the bar again without grips. Yeah. I do toast the bar without grips, but well, that's because you I'm, shredded your hands. I absolutely shredded my hands. And there was a bar muscle up event. Yeah. And then that one, there was a workout kind of towards the end that was like ring muscle ups and echo bike. And you couldn't do I ring did, muscle ups. I did one ring muscle up. <laughs> so it was like me and Prevo trying to get through 50, 60 ring yeah. muscle ups, whatever it was. I got up, I did one and I was like, I can't. All I'm, right. I'm on the bike guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. It's okay. Um, but I have tried a variety of grips and I have to say the victory grips are by far the best. I've tried bear complex rx smart gear the cheapo ones yeah Rogue. the ones you know which ones i used at the games when i went and it was really hot on the bar for mm -hmm. murph i used the ones um goat tape mm -hmm. the the ones that are basically made out of tape yeah and you you loop them around your two middle fingers and then you have to put a piece of tape around your wrist to kind of hold them flat yeah that's all i used to use yeah and then mm -hmm. grips became like more popular yeah and then they, they got a little bit more technology in them. Um, speaking of RX Mark Gear, jump ropes. Um, the RX Mark Gear Evo, like the short version of the Evo, not the full length one, like the Evo Speed or whatever it is. Yeah. With the shorter handles, that's my favorite. Yeah, RX Mark Gear. I used to be sponsored by them. They make amazing, um, amazing jump ropes. And it's all, they're all handmade in their factory. Mm-hmm. Which is in the U.S. in San Diego. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And they have, um, yeah, you can pick your length and your color and all that. And they just run a really cool operation down there and care a lot. Yep. I um, I think my favorite rope from them, from outside of their speed rope, is the drag rope. Yeah, that thing's punishing. Yeah. <laughs> but it also doesn't hurt when you whip yourself because it's just like a thick rope. Yeah. But it is punishing. You don't have to do as many to get a good burn. Yeah. I remember back when I started CrossFit, it was before like a lot of these brands kind of spun off. So it was you, you like gymnastics grips people use came from like Amazon or like actual gymnastics companies. Um, I think my first ever jump rope was like a Buddy Lee, like just super old school jump rope, jump rope brand. And that's what people used. And then yeah. Rogue started making equipment. And then, yeah, obviously these brands kind of spun off and took over. But yeah, those were the days. Um, shorts, shorts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like the, like the Lulu, like the, the longer ones, like the bicycle shorts. Yeah. Okay. So Lululemon recently came out this past year, right? Yeah. With tight shorts that are longer, six inch, six inches. Yeah. Or eight inch or, or whatever. Eight. eight is a little too long for me. I just can't remember what the but six is. is like. And I think before they never, they only had like basically the volleyball booty shorts. Yeah. Which is the only shorts that, I mean, Reebok only made booty shorts. Yeah. Nike only made that. And I week. hardly ever wore booty shorts. I, I actually like, I don't know how, I mean, obviously we would like, I used to wear them cause it was like all that was, I hated them though. 
and like that's what you get that's the game's uniform mm-hmm. i like i can't figure out how anyone would actually like enjoy working out with those especially now that the mid-length ones are available yeah i don't know so these lulu shorts they have so we usually get the six inch ones and then they have two different versions they have the aligned version which are really soft yeah and then they have the wonder under version mm-hmm. and i wear the wonder under versions mostly because they just they're a little tighter they stay in place a bit better and I wear them for everything now, like yeah. running, lifting, workouts. They're amazing and they're yeah. super comfortable. Um, and you can lift, you can like, pro- pro- part of the problem with those really short shorts is when you're barbell cycling. Oh my like, God, you just like skin your the thigh. The barbell touching your thigh, it's like sticky and then you get the knurling. Mm-hmm. But these are these shorts are just long enough that you don't really hit the skin. Yeah. So that's kind of ideal. So if you're looking for... A nice pair of shorts. I we wear the aligned ones. Those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I like those more than the Wonder trains. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, yeah, it's a, that's actually all I wear. And then pants. Yeah. I do like um, Reebok for their sports bras. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to get some more of those. Actually, I have a funny Reebok sports bra story. We I was on a team in 2017 for Granite Games with... Kenzie Riley and Jessica Griffith and we won that year and they had been, both been to the games in 2017 I had not but Megan my sister had been on a team and so she had all of the like the colors from that year from the team kits and so I borrowed some of her stuff so I could match um Kenzie and Jess and one of the events was nothing like wearing your old games gear to a different competition but anyways go on I feel like but I was wearing someone else's just yeah. like kind of better in a way anyways um the event was like muscle ups and uh, sandbag queens. So it was like one person did eight muscle ups and I don't know, four or six sandbag queens. And then the next person did 10 and then the sandbag queens. And then the third person did 12 and then the sandbag queens. So you can, it's like a really fast relay. And it's kind of like doing well is sort of hinges on being able to do the muscle ups unbroken. And so I was on, cause I was the best at muscle ups on that team. I was on the set of 12 cause I was the only one who could do 12 unbroken. Um, and I was wearing, uh, like the, a bright yellow Reebok sports bra from 2017. You might know what they look like if you've ever seen the Reebok kits from that year, but <laughs> it was coming down to the end of the event and it was me. It was like our team, um, head to head with, uh, the team, it was like Brooke Wells and Christy Aramo, and I can't remember who their third was, but it came down to the final set, and it was me and Christy head to head. Like, we literally jumped up on the rings at the exact same moment. It was, and we were like synchro. So I'm doing the muscle ups, I'm doing the muscle ups, and I start to feel my sports bra sliding up. <laughs> and because you're like fully stretched out on muscle ups, it's hard when you have such giant titties. Yeah, well, someone did. Um, and. I realized like I haven't worn this sports bra before. I'm not confident in the way that it fits. And apparently it's a little bit too big for me. And so it just is like sliding up, sliding up, sliding up, sliding up, sliding up. And I'm like, Oh God. Oh my God. I'm like, I feel my like under boob out. And so I'm in this dilemma. How close do you think you were to your nipple? being exposed? I'll I'll get there in a second. So I'm in this dilemma where I'm like, Oh my God do I go unbroken with my titty out or do I drop off the rings and like 
fix my sports bra, which is clearly becoming a problem. So I was like, hypothetical question, of course. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I finished the set. And of course. So like hop off the rings, just immediately like pull it down. And, and it was covering your eyes on the last rep. Yeah, totally. That's I was actually wearing it as a hat, <laughs> the sports bra at that time. Um, did the like sandbag cleans, finished the event. Um, we ended up winning on literally, a, it was like photo finish win. So good thing that I stayed on the rings. And it was one of the, I was like, I'm not sure if it felt, if it looked as bad as it felt, like the sports bra coming up. Yeah. And then someone, like a friend who was there was in the stands and I saw her on the way out and she was like, did you almost have a wardrobe malfunction? <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. It was apparently like that visible yeah. from the stands. It, it didn't, like I wasn't, it didn't come all the way off, but it was getting, getting dangerously close. I'm pretty sure had the event been like 15, that would have definitely happened. But anyways, that's my Reebok. I wear a size smaller in Reebok now than I wore in that event. Reminds me of the time we were in Maui and we always do like family photos <clears throat> on the beach and we, it was super embarrassing because we always had to ask someone to take our photo, like on the beach. They're not like official family photos. It's just like, okay, guys, let's do a family photo so that we have a photo of us this year. So we always ask like a stranger to come do a photo and we get these photos and there are probably like five of them and each and every one of them, my mom had under teat <laughs> and it's so visible because she's super tan and then her boob is white. So it's just like this like piece of like <laughs> flesh <laughs> underneath just like sticking out. It was like, okay, those photos have to be thrown away. I feel like it's the photographer's duty in that situation to be like, um, ma'am, <laughs> would you, you have under tit. Would you tell a stranger they have under, we call it under teat. Under teat. Your under teat is out and it is white. <laughs> so, yeah. I feel like I would. It's like the, the flesh equivalent of a booger. Do you want to move on to booger running? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So this is a question that I get asked constantly Literally on my every Instagram. time you post a picture of your watch? Yeah. Oh, ditto. What watch do you wear, Alex? A Garmin 235. Nice. You got it. Sometimes you say 245. I always get confused that. by the numbers. Yeah, 235, which they actually don't make anymore, but they do make the 245, which is essentially the same watch yeah meredith bought it for me for my birthday two years two years ago yeah because you Great were wearing buy. a timex mm -hmm. and just wasn't working for you and then we have uh separate heart rate straps because the heart rate on the watch like on your wrist just isn't as accurate right yeah and then what do you have i have a garmin uh 945 which is sorry garmin 400 945 which is kind of top of the line forerunner it's actually more of a multi-sport watch and the reason i got that was because it has other activity it has like cycling and mountain biking and it has maps on it which i thought would be a good and handy feature to have for mountain biking and it has been and then i have the heart rate monitor like the hrm pro which does some additional running metrics it does like um in addition to cadence which i think yours does it does ground contact time right to left balance um, vertical oscillation, stride length, all of that stuff that I don't use, but it's actually pretty cool. So ground contact time is actually a pretty interesting, um, piece of information because it actually tells you, so everybody thinks cadence really matters for running and like, oh, you should be striving for, you know, a 183 or 185 cadence. 
when really it's like it's very dependent on how you run how tall you are and like naturally the more you run and the better you get the your cadence is going to pick up like it's going to increase so having a novice runner focus on increasing their cadence from 165 to 185 is kind of ridiculous when all they just all they need to do is run and that will improve but the ground contact time is so my cadence has been kind of the same since i started my ground contact time has gotten shorter and shorter and shorter so i sometimes compare my runs now to like runs from a year and a half ago that's a pretty drastic difference and so all that means is like you're on and off the ground faster with each step indicates like a more efficient run hmm. like running style and more powerful interesting. i thought it was interesting i'm definitely not up to up to snuff on my like running technique i don't i don't personally think that that's important i find if you think um I think programming is probably pretty important, but I think to become a better runner, you just need to run more. Yep. Changing your technique isn't going to change that much. No, and any technical changes that you're able to make when you're not fatigued are going to go out the window when you are fatigued. So it's better just to get out there and run. And repetition will take care of a lot of it. All right, let's go to shoes. This is another one for us. Yeah. People seem to be interested in. Well, I think it's the people, a lot of people were probably like I was a couple of years ago and just completely clueless on shoes. And I was like, well, I guess I'll run in Nike because what else am I going to run in? And they ended up being terrible. And I think that's where a lot of my foot trouble came from. So then we kind of were turned on to Saucony. Um, I don't think you were wearing like actually actual Nike, like longer distance road racing shoes, like road running shoes. Were you? I was wearing the Pegasus. Oh, maybe you were then. Yeah. They just weren't the right fit for you. Because mm, Nike makes a good shoe. Yeah. But I think I was I was a little too concerned with uh, what the shoe looked like and buying like the cool shoe mm-hmm. versus buying the shoe that was best for me. But even like I had bought Brooks a while back and I didn't really like those. I thought they felt like they were a little bit too big. So then, yeah, we got turned on to Saucony by a friend who works for Saucony and started wearing those. And... It's crazy. Like I think com- like appropriate running program combined with the right shoes really made a difference. So I run in Saucony Freedom 4s, which is um a pretty low profile uh neutral running shoe. A little bit too narrow for you, right? Mm-hmm. You found them to be narrow, but they're right for me. And then I race in um or for my speed runs I I will use the Endorphin Speed and then for racing I use the Endorphin Pro. And those are both the like energy return shoes they just have a plate that when you push off like the front of the shoe in the stride it returns energy to your stride and it's like a lot of those because there's a carbon plate yeah so the pros that was that was the kind of technology that was a little bit controversial when when it first came out well i think the original nike the original vaporfly still has not returned to the market for racing anyway. So they had to redesign the Vaporfly. Hmm. Um, but there's like Nike makes the Vaporfly. Saucony makes Endorphin. Adidas has one. I don't know what it's called. Um, I think there's a, maybe a couple of other brands that now have kind of super shoes. But they're not good to run in for mileage. And a lot of people will buy the Endorphins and have that be their daily runner. But sports um, doctors are concerned with when you put a really rigid uh, plate in the bottom of a shoe, it takes 
um, it transfers a lot of the, the strain into the Achilles instead of having the plantar fascia and the foot absorb it. So basically the recommendation is, yeah, you can use those for um, intermittent speed runs and races, but they shouldn't be used as daily trainers. Hmm. Yeah. I was, um, I'm a big fan of the Canvaras. They, I trained in just the Canvaras for my last marathon and then raced in them. And then I actually transitioned to the Triumphs, which is Sogni's soft issue. Mm -hmm. Cause after the marathon, I had some foot issues, just especially on the top of my right foot. And I just wanted something a little bit looser and softer. And, and then as the cold weather came in for winter, um, when you go outside and it's really cold, your shoes kind of freeze and they get harder, like the foam. And then you also, you know, it's just like harder ground. And so I was, I just continued to run in the triumphs because I liked that they started out a little softer. I found when I was running in the Canvaras in the really cold weather, they felt very hard. Well, you've had knee problems kind of crop up in the past, right? Mm -hmm. Because of that? Because of what? The hardness of the shoe. Oh, just once. Yeah. I don't know if that was because of the shoe, but it, I guess running in really, really cold weather can change your gait. Yeah. That's what a physio told me once. I'm not sure if that's related to shoes, but anyways, um, Canvaras and then, and then I'm thinking of doing what you've been doing is getting a pair of the endorphins Mm -hmm. and maybe trying those ones out. It's like the endorphins are, um, I find if you run on courses that, uh, have lots of turns or variable terrain, I don't like the endorphins. Like they're good at what they're meant to be used for. And they're not really good for like other, like I wouldn't wear them in variable footing conditions they're a little bit like the stack height's a little bit taller so they're good for straight line they're not super stable when you're running around a track or like Mm. you know making lots of turns and moves and that kind of thing um they feel different like the if you've ever if you've ever put them on it's like the the toe it like rolls yeah I think they do call it a it's called speed roll technology yeah so they feel different so I can see how like if you're trying to move side to side, that might be kind of a weird sensation. Yeah. But they definitely are meant to be run like, um, there's like a speed at which they perform really well. And then below that they can feel a little bit erratic, which is, which is accurate. Whenever I'm like warming up in the pros and it's like, I'm doing like a really easy pace, they feel a little bit funky, but then once you get to your race pace, they feel great. Okay. What's next? Uh, we can briefly touch on sunglasses. I've been asked about this too. You're a bit of a collector. I am not. I have two pairs. Okay. Well, a couple of different lenses. Yeah. I wear the, I don't even know. I should have looked. What do I wear? Some sort of Oakley half frame baseball type design. Yeah. I'll look them up. You can keep talking. Okay. But anyways, I think what's more important is the, is the lens. So for winter running, we have the, photochromatic nice yeah that's it photochromatic lenses so when you walk outside they get darker and lighter based on the the amount of light which like kind of sounds like transitions like you remember yeah they definitely are but like they're cooler because they're not like you could always tell when someone was wearing transition lenses and then sometimes they would come in from like being outside and it would be darker and you're like wow you are but i feel like it's different when you're when it's like outside exactly they're great for mountain biking i found because when you're 
in the trees, you still want sunglasses, something covering your eyes. Yeah. But you don't want anything that's super tinted because then you can't see the dirt in the darkness of the forest. Exactly. Yeah. And you're basically you, blinded. You wear radar EV path. Yeah. Yes. I do really love those. They're very comfortable. Yeah. Which ones do you wear? Oh, um... I wear flight jackets. Yeah. If you want something super extra, get flight jackets. Well, like in my defense, I bought those when I was like cycling, Mm -hmm. like commuting and they're cycling glasses. So they have like no frame on the top and only frame on the bottom. And they are amazing for bike riding because they don't get foggy because they don't have a frame on the top part. Well, no, because they have like a little nose piece that flips up and down. Okay. You don't get as much steam caught between your face and the glasses. But the no frame thing makes perfect sense because when you're cycling, specifically road biking, like your head's in kind of a down position and then you like look up with your eyes. And so if there's a frame, it kind of blocks part of your mm-hmm. field of vision. So no frame, but they look really ridiculous. But I've also noticed that Nick Bear wears them or some like knockoff version of them. I think it's our knockoffs. Um, but yeah, the photochromic is pretty clutch. I can't imagine Nick Bear is wearing knockoffs. He's probably just wearing a different brand that aren't Oakley's. Maybe. Um, okay. Winter running attire. This is personal, but my advice, it's tough. You have to like do some testing. Start your run. You're a little bit cold in what you're wearing. Like it's, it's not enough to go for a walk. It's like one notch down from what you would go for a walk in maybe two notches depending Mm -hmm. on how fast you're running so for instance today it was like if i'm running in like zero celsius i'm gonna wear a long sleeve shirt with a vest i would never go walking in that in zero celsius yeah it would be way too cold so you kind of have to like test but i would say absolute like if you're gonna buy anything for winter running it's a nice pair of brushed tights and a nice running vest and decent running mitts or gloves. Yeah. The rest you can kind of put together. You can like socks aren't really a big deal. Um, like headband hat, you can get a really away with anything. You don't need super technology for that stuff. And then base layers, like, I mean, anything kind of tight to your body works pretty well. Yeah. I do a lot of layering. I don't do as much layering, mm-hmm. but I also wear kind of a different wardrobe than you do. I bought, I kind of tend to enjoy, I like Nordic gear. So I buy the same thing that like cross country skiers wear. But that's for the really cold. Yeah. Which is kind of what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like wind breaking on the pants, still brushed. They're not super tight to the body. So they retain a little more heat. And so then, like Solomon craft craft yeah i wear those are two of the more popular brands for cross country and then i have this like windbreaking jacket from lululemon that it looks and feels like nothing you're like oh this thing is it's not insulated there's nothing to it but it is so warm especially when you have it on over like a long sleeve i remember the first time i wore that for a run i i realized and this was like minus 16 so like three degrees fahrenheit very cold i wore that jacket with like a smart wool top and I thought I was going to die from overheating. So it's definitely possible to overdo it, but I would say most people 
in the wintertime overdress and underdress for I've running. I've noticed the same. Well, people from the East, like North Carolina are, are like, well, how, it's going to be this. Like, how do I dress? I'm like, that is warm. Like that's almost shorts weather, just tights and like something on your hands. But I, I like the, I've been on a few runs now that are kind of like borderline and I, I'll wear gloves before I'll wear sleeves. I like short sleeves with gloves and shorts if possible. Yeah, I prefer long sleeve, but I run a little colder than you. Yeah, I, I run hot. But it's very personal. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything specific. I do I do like Lululemon. Yeah. They, they do make r- nice running stuff, but really like all of the running um, companies have good stuff. You just need to make sure it fits you properly. Yeah. It's all, I mean, every, every, every shoe company, New Balance, Brooks, Nike, Saucony, they all have like vests or jackets. You just have to to go and try them on and make sure they fit you. We got some of the Saucony Peregrine Ice. Mm-hmm. They're like um, studded, like they're for winter running. So they're kind of like trail shoes. They have some like intense tread on them, but it's like a different, it's like a winter rubber compound. So it's a little grippier than like a normal trail shoe would probably be in the winter. And those yeah. are, and the fabric is a bit thicker for yeah. warmth. Yeah. Those are pretty good. And they're waterproof. Yes. Um, there was a guy the other day running in Edworthy where I run sometimes. He was wearing, I think you were with me that day. He was wearing like a t-shirt and shorts, but the ice shoes. Yeah. It looked he's really wearing weird. T-shirt, shorts. He was wearing a toque, but then wearing the waterproof winter shoes. He definitely has read Wim Hof's book. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to more life stuff. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you're kind of a coffee snob. Oh yeah. How do you like your coffee? This is a great one. This is a great question. I get people who ask me this. I like whatever's going to get me the coffee fast enough. So Keurig pods. <clears throat> got it. No, you did have a Keurig okay, I pod. I did. And then you, you shamed me for yeah, it. Uh, rightfully so. Uh, are we talking coffee or espresso? First one and then the other. Okay. Whatever you want. You can lead this topic. Um, when I had more time, I used to enjoy pour overs because that's my favorite way to drink a coffee, especially if you have nice coffee beans. I'll still th- still do that on occasion, but we have I have an automatic pour over, a Bonavita machine, which is it just is a coffee maker, but it kind of emulates pour over. Um, but the most important part of coffee is the grinder. So I have a Baratza grinder, burr grinder with like 34 settings. So. Um, the grind is super good and that makes a really good coffee. And then we obviously buy nice beans from a few places here in Calgary that roast them. Rosso is kind of our, our go-to and our favorite. Um, so that's, that's coffee. I remember a client sent me a while back these, this coffee, it's called Eugenoids and it's actually like, it's kind of an ancestor to coffee and you tried this and it was freaky. It's really weird. So it's a, it's a really low caffeine content and there's only a couple farms that are producing it and it's really the yield is really low and so it's very expensive um and so i did it i looked up instructions on making it because it's important if you're going to drink really expensive coffee beans that you make them per the recommendations of the roasters so made it on a pour over and because the caffeine content's really low it basically didn't have any bitterness at all um which I found really interesting, but it wasn't kind of, it, it was like tea-like, but not tea-like in the same way that like a geisha is. Cause you don't like geisha very much. No, I, I don't like, really like tea. 
I like Keisha. But the Eugenoids was a totally different flavor profile. Like it had a sweetness to it, almost like a Coca-Cola type. Yeah. So if you want to spend $150 on one cup of coffee, you know where to go. It's not $150. How much is it? I think the they sell it by uh, 100 grams or something like that. For how much? Um, <laughs> 30 bucks. Oh, okay. Still. So it's a $30 cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then espresso. I like a macchiato or a flat white. I don't make espresso at home because I don't have an espresso machine. Remember that one time Ivy drank a whole cup of coffee at night before bed? Yeah, that was not okay. That's a joke. That didn't actually happen. <laughs> I was like, I was actually thinking what would happen if she did. I think she would die. I don't know what the caffeine limit is for a cat. She's too picky to drink coffee. She would never drink coffee. No. She likes sweetness, not bitter. Yeah. Okay, so what's your favorite? Um, for coffee? Ice cap? Yeah, ice cappuccinos. Those Starbucks ones that I've I've gotten into the habit of buying in the summertime. Mm. What are they? What are they? Caramel crunch macchiato. Yeah. No, caramel crunch frappuccino. Caramel crunch frappuccino. Those are dang delicious. But the fact that but they I get the ask light you, version. I get the light version. The fact that, that you ordered and they ask you if you would like espresso in it tells you everything that you need to know about that coffee. Yeah. Coffee. It's a milkshake. <sighs> but it's delicious. And it it's is. actually not that bad for calories. No, it ends up being like 150 for a, for a small one. Yeah. yeah. We usually get a medium and we split it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I just drink whatever you, you make. Yeah. You have like the, it's like the automatic pour over machine. Yeah. The Bona Vida. And it happens so fast and I love it. And we set it up the night before. So then in the morning I come down, I just press the button. It's always such a drag when we go to like an Airbnb and they have a regular coffee machine. Oh, it takes like, forever. The hell does this thing take 20 minutes it to It really does. Or the Bona Vida is done in like five minutes. It's done before I'm done like putting peanut butter and jam on my rice cakes. Yeah, it's my favorite. Um, okay, let's move on. Okay. <clears throat> Some food things that we, we purchase on the regular. Um, one thing that I'll, I'll start out, one thing that I really really like are um it's called the meat guys and they come around to our house with a, like a van if you're in calgary it's a company and they're out of martelute but they only do meat deliveries yeah you can't go to a store we did try once and they were like get the hell out of here <laughs> it's <laughs> and we didn't know that um they literally were like get the hell out of here <laughs> it was the lady who i guess i don't think she's supposed to be like customer facing yeah she was rude and they, she made us feel dumb but they, we order bison, chicken, cod, salmon, cedar plank salmon. What else? Shrimp. We do like basically all of our meat, um, except for my chicken sausages from them. And we store it in the freezer. And so at the beginning of the week, we just say, what should we have for dinners these week, this week? And literally it's usually one night we have the bison, like spaghetti or something. One night we have salmon. One night we have chicken. My mom brings a dinner one night. We go for dinner at my mom's one night. And then usually we have Vietnamese one night. So that covers it. Yeah. But it's so, it's so convenient to have that. And then, um, you know, days where you, you don't have time to go to the grocery store, you, you always have rice and something and then some frozen veggies on hand for yeah. a quick dinner to whip up. 
It helps with the meat super high quality because you don't have to do a whole lot to it for it to be pretty delicious. Yeah, it's delicious. The the salmon is sashimi grade. Yes. And the chicken is so good. It it doesn't get sinewy. I can I cannot buy chicken breast from the grocery store anymore. Yeah. Um and then lately Meredith has been steaming the vegetables. Oh. She got a new contraption. Well, it's not a contra- it's a bamboo steamer. It's like very popular in Asian cooking. But yeah, the bamboo steamer is great for veggies. It's my favorite way to eat them because you literally just like steam. You boil a pot or like a pan of water. It's a low pan. It boils super fast. And then you just put the veggies, bok choy, cabbage, cauliflower, broccoli, broccoli, like literally whatever you want. Mushrooms in the steamer. Steam for five minutes. Done. Delicious. Our grocery trips are pretty cheap for the most part because we're we don't really make that many recipes so our meat order is separate and then we do basically we go in and we buy fruit and vegetables and then like if you know you need like oatmeal or peanut butter rice cakes or stroop waffles stroop waffles eggs cottage cheese meredith's kind of staples for breakfast um but when you buy good quality you don't really need to buy extra sauces create and create like big recipes and spend a bunch of time chopping um like you you get some good quality meat put on the barbecue or in the pan you get good rice and you have a nice rice cooker and then this the bamboo steamer does a great job mm-hmm. like there's something about the way it steams it it doesn't make it's it more soggy because i grew up with like metal steaming baskets yeah and that just slaughters vegetables. yeah especially <laughs> like delicate vegetables yeah. like we even like broccoli, which is not a particularly <laughs> delicate vegetable. It comes out of steamer. I'm like, why do I hate this so much? Yeah. There's something about those bamboo steamers. Definitely a recommendation. They're so cheap too. Among all of the recommendations we're making. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we can get into some of the personalized ones. Personal. Yeah. Give so personal. what are you like super particular about? Like what's your kind of like hobby? that people may not know about well that's two different questions what am i particular about okay what am i into what are you into besides the obvious besides what everybody already knows um like what do you spend some of your free time doing i would say people probably wouldn't guess or realize that i'm as into music as i am into like uh yeah different artists genres watching live music i used to go to concerts a lot um really like like that's kind of a something that i'm willing to spend money on is concert tickets and like decent seats just the experience because i really love it um but in lieu of being able to go to concerts because that hasn't been something that has been safe to do the past few years slash we don't have we haven't had a lot of free time to do it slash i'm not convinced you enjoy it as much as i do um i don't i don't like crowds of people and not because i get anxious in them i just don't like people very much yeah that's nice that's a good thing to say as someone who owns a service no not actual people (laughs) but like groups of strangers collections of people yeah where you're in lineups or crowds and waiting and all that i mean that makes sense i like people talking to people on a daily basis yeah some Um, most i can i can get like really lost in rabbit holes of like spotify or youtube watching music videos watching concerts that kind of thing I have a lot of memories that involve specific albums and artists. And I guess it was something that both my parents are really into. So I 
am also into it. Yeah. I don't have a specific genre. I can I go on like streaks. I'll listen to like hip hop for a couple weeks and I'll get into like blues and southern rock and then I'll get into alternative rock and then I'll get into singer songwriter, Americana, bluegrass. Like I kind of just am all over the place. But I have a freaky memory when it comes to music and lyrics and artists and things like that, which you know and you hate. I don't hate it. I'm just not going to do my own research i like the playlist you create yeah um for me since you asked <laughs> i like sports equipment i have like a weird thing about sports equipment it's i want the best and i take extremely good care of it it's the only thing you're like super willing to spend money yeah. on at any like time. even bikes. You're like, this is how much this bike costs and this is how much this bike costs. And I'm like, just if we're going to buy bikes, get the best one. And same with skis. Like, especially when I was racing, I was obsessive about my skis, like tuning, waxing, mm -hmm. keeping them in good condition. Very, very particular about that stuff. Yeah. Even golf clubs, like making sure that they're clean, in good shape. I would save up money as a kid to like buy new golf clubs. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very a... particular about my equipment. Yeah. I will not lend out sports equipment. Interesting. Don't ever ask. Well, I don't need to ask. I... Sometimes you're like, do you want to switch skis? And I'm like, sure. No, yeah, no, I don't. No, I don't. Why don't I just take yours and you can wait at the bottom. I also hate when anybody asks to borrow any of my stuff, including you. <sighs> I don't do that, though. Do I do that? No, but like you have said like, hey, can I can I put this on? Like one of my sweaters. And I'm like, um... <laughs> no yeah i guess it's hard for me because i come from a background where basically my inventory for clothing and accessories was doubled because of my sister so we just use things interchangeably they say that about like gay couples and i just i can't get down with that i don't really want it either like it's, i think sometimes you misconstrue my desires like here. if my I, maybe it stems from my growing up my sister used to borrow slash ask take without asking classic clothing yes. and like even socks oh they were in my drawer so you know they're not yours and yeah. she would wear them and i would have to throw them in the garbage <laughs> out of principle <laughs> yeah i was always a very mature kid i see that <laughs> yep um okay this is a really important one oh, if you've made God. it this far you're lucky pillows pillows so i'm and this will probably come as a surprise to you <laughs> very particular about my pillow yeah you would think alex doesn't care about anything she can sleep anywhere on any pillow but no i'm very particular and we probably have discussed this but i need my pillow to be basically empty wafer thin wafer thin like it it needs to fit in a, if I, if I really pressed it down and compressed all the air out of it, I want it to fit into a, a Ziploc sandwich bag. I don't think it would. It has too much fabric, but it would fit into a freezer bag. Okay. It has to fit into a freezer bag. Yeah. That's doable. Maybe at the end of its lifetime, it could fit into a sandwich bag. Yeah. I remember when you showed me, or I don't think you showed me, it was like you were taking the pillowcase off to watch the, the pillowcase. And this was early in our relationship. And I was like, goo, 
what is that? I had had that pillow for like 15 years in my defense. It was not the right color <laughs> anymore. I was like, how the hell do you not have a permanent face fungus? Okay, the problem with that pillow is it was impossible to find. I couldn't replace it. Well, in fact, I was convinced that I had made it that way. And yeah. that it wasn't, it was never, it never came that way. Yeah. I had formed it to be that way. I'd used it so many nights that it, it became the way that it became perfect. You had slept it to death. Yeah. I was so disgusted that I was like, this is going to be my first grand gesture in this relationship. I am going to replace that pillow. So I did. I, I did tons and tons and tons of research. I Googled so many different pillow companies. I Google searched keywords like thinnest pillow on <laughs> earth, down feathers, but n all the feathers are actually gone. I don't know what's in this thing. And I found this company called... Pillow, but not a pillow. Yeah. And ironically, the manufacturer of the pillow that I had at the time made one. And I found it on Amazon and I was reading reviews and they were perfect. It was like... I thought I was never going to be able to replace my pillow because I thought I had flat. I was the one who flattened it. So I, I bought this one and it was perfect right out of the bag. And, uh, I was like, all right. So I ordered two of them like hopeful, but not like, uh, I guess overly optimistic they were, that they were going to meet your standards. And I got it out of the bag. What brand is it? It's called Downlight. And I use a downlight pillow that's like one up from yours. So anyways, because um, I also don't like a full pillow, but I don't, I also like, I mean, yours is pathetic. It's because I'm a stomach sleeper. Yeah, well, ditto. Um, and mine is starting to, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, yeah, I got it out and I was like, holy crap, this is the exact same pillow. And it's just, it's so laughably thin that I'm like, how the hell is this thing $115? <laughs> which is what it costs. Cause it's like, you know, down, whatever. Um, and it's perfect and it's clean and it's white. And the best thing ever is that there is a backup just like it sitting in our closet right now. So when you need to replace it in 15 more years, you have one. It's, it's actually perfect. It made me so happy. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't that you couldn't replace it. You just had not tried hard enough to replace it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk a few things that we're super particular about. Everything. I am particular about everything. Like what? So we've, we've connected on some level about clicker pencils. Well, I wasn't allowed to use clicker pencils beyond, uh, like sophomore year university, but I am, I would, why not? Hmm? Why not? Well, because pens are required. Oh, for exams and okay. Things. And then also work like FDA compliance pens. No? Of course, yes, FDA compliance. We had that too. I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah, but when I was using pencils, it was 0.5. And then yes. when I switched to pens, it's extra fine zebra. Extra fine zebra pen is the pen. I like, um. what's the pen that I like? That's a Bic that you're holding. No, it's not. Isn't it? I a think it's made? Penzel. It is. Is it Pentel? I don't know. Anyway, it's, uh, it has to be, it's zero. It's like, it's worn out. I've used it so much, mm. but I, it's, it's extra fine. Yeah. Ask me to uh, pick a random one. Like literally just name something. Dogs. Border collies. Yeah. I knew that. We have, we have an ongoing argument. What's your dog? A boxer. Nope. 
okay, well, if you want a dog that has no personality, then we can go your way. Mm-hmm. It's no fun at all. I mean, like, I think Do you, you get, want a dog. You mix up. I think you confuse fun with like psychosis. Okay. Well, if you ever bought a border collie, I would go and get a boxer immediately. Well, at least we would have someone to take care of the boxer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, last thing I want to touch on, unless there was something else. No. Was a couple of Ivy's favorite things. I think she only has two favorite things. She does. She likes crinkle balls. Yep. And she's extremely particular about her food. We will buy the same food in morsel form. Instead of minced. Instead of minced and she won't eat it. But even now, even if you get minced and you buy it in a big can instead of a small can, she's like, nope. (laughs) It has to be small can minced. Like she won't do pate. She won't do morsels. She's, I don't know. She's her mother's daughter. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow. She's gotten into sparkle balls lately. Mm -hmm. Yep. She's bunny kicking your arm right now. Okay. Should we wrap this up? Yeah. You have the notebook. I'm just looking at you. That's it. I thought we were going to do rapid fire. Okay, fine. Just really quick. Rattle it Kate, book. Uh, the Alchemist. Movie. Almost famous. Artist. Music artist. Oh, um, right now we'll go Brandy Carlisle. TV show. That's a loaded one. That's a hard one to answer. I'm going to say Scrubs. Hmm. You didn't know that. I think I did. Mm-hmm. Scrubs was almost enough to convince me to like go the med school route. Interesting. Yeah. My favorite book is Fall on Your Knees. My favorite movie is Best in Show. My favorite artist. I don't know. I mean, it changes, but I think I have to go back to like my roots with the offspring. And favorite TV show. Thinking back, probably I got the most into Lost. I was going to say lost. That one was like tip of but my But if tongue. I were to watch it again, would I would it be my favorite? I don't know. Yeah. Tough to say. Yep. Um like again, going back, Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, but then some of the newer shows I really like. So yeah. favorite athlete or someone you looked up to growing up? <sighs> I don't know. I always I always really liked Tiger Woods. He was always one of them. Yeah. Minds me a ham. Yeah, which should be a surprise to no one. There were some people on like the ski, the national team skiing, like Emily Bryden. Um, yeah, that there were some obviously some like skiers that I don't think anybody will. Yeah, but for me, it's Rowdy Gaines. If you're a swimmer and follow swimmers, but yeah, well, this has been cool. A bit of a different take. I guess so. Um, I guess we can maybe put some links in the show notes on some of the stuff we've talked about. Okay. I will tell, I will tell the audience. We did a podcast on all of our pet peeves and we never released it. It was too whiny. It was so whiny. I was like, why is it, why does it sound so bad? Like, It I was think so negative, but it, of course, like naturally it's going to be a little negative. That would be better as a segment in a podcast. Yeah. Like a, a bigger topic. Like so. it could be you could have one pet peeve per episode. Yeah. 
You know what really grinds my gears? It can be a segment like Family Guy. You know what really does grind my gears? What? When people say right within their own sentence. Or they'll be like you talking, do it talking, 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 right? And I know. Like, and it's like, you don't need to say that. It's like that's, people are just like, yeah, huh? <laughs> Not along. Every time they say right, I say wrong. <laughs> yeah, I don't do it that often. But I do do it. And you have mentioned it. And so I catch myself when I do do it. Tighten up. Tighten up. I Meredith. sometimes uh, revert to a 12-year-old. And when people say do, do, but in close oh, succession, like so do, annoying. Do, I'm like, huh? I hate when you point that out. You said do, do. What's one of your pet peeves to, to leave these these listeners wondering about their own pet peeves oh um when people say they did something on accident instead of by accident or hmm. when someone omits an oxford comma hmm. yeah you know what else i don't like what when people say literally yeah, i'm like you don't have to say literally like, oh, you can only say literally if it is actually literal yeah when someone says something like oh my god i, I died i literally died literally died i'm like no you didn't <laughs> <laughs> you did not literally die you're I, standing I here telling this i story. don't even respond i just turn around and i walk away and i never talk to that person ever again you are dead to me you want to <laughs> literally be dead to me fine you are literally dead to me goodbye all right i feel like that's a good that, way to end just it. end it just shut your computer beep uh yeah well thanks for hanging in there if you made it this far we will have some uh more intellectually stimulating episodes coming up soon and like like subscribe share follow tag you're it lipes us lipes us what is that that's what you just said yeah i mean if you could combine it yeah that's a bad joke my pet peeves are some of your bad jokes but all right uh toodaloo <laughs>